Heads up, friends. The unofficial Shopify podcast is made by indie entrepreneurs for indie entrepreneurs and may contain material not suitable for all audiences, like swearing or economics. Listener discretion is advised. Forget just chasing revenue. In a world of rising ad costs and thin margins, what truly counts is your profit. Enter Store Hero, your new ally in profit-centric growth. Unifying sales, marketing, and cost data, Store Hero unveils your real profitability down to each order. Now you can scale ad spend with confidence, backed by data, actionable insights from a platform that thinks beyond revenue. And exclusively for you, our listeners, mention the unofficial Shopify podcast, and you'll get a free profitability audit for 2024. Ready to step into a new era of e-com clarity? Visit storehero.ai and discover a platform designed for the profit-driven brand. Welcome back, my friends. I'm your host, Kurt Elster. Jack Nasty. And today on the unofficial Shopify podcast, I have a bit of trivia for you. Did you know in 2021, vinyl outsold CDs, as in vinyl records outsold compact discs? That sound, I heard that shocked me at first, and then I realized, like, wait a second, who's buying CDs? But I was in Target over the weekend, and they have an entire section devoted to vinyl. Meanwhile, Best Buy has announced they're not even going to sell Blu-rays anymore starting next year. But Target has a dedicated vinyl section, and these are not these are new records. And you know, we bought a turntable for the first time this year, and I've been picking up um, pretty some beat up records at, at flea markets and enjoying it. And so, I have now set for us. The perfect backdrop for our guest today, Mark Poppin, who's the proprietor of a Shopify store called Funky Moose Records. Mark, welcome. Thank you. It's a, it's an honor to be here. I'm I'm happy to have you here because you're someone in the vinyl business. Have you felt this impact of the vinyl revival? Yeah, uh, I've actually been riding that wave. So the the vinyl revival kind of started in. 2014 15 right around the time i started the store um so yeah and i've the store has been growing ever since with the whole revival so yeah definitely so when did you all right so vinyl revival starts 2014 and you've been at this how many years in 2015 i started the store 2015 you started okay and what was the thing why why start a vinyl record store especially like now people understand that this is there's a real collector's market here. In the past, though, I mean, seven years ago, seven, eight years ago, not so much. No. <laughs> it uh, it all started from, so my background is in web design and digital marketing. And uh, back home in Holland, where I grew up, uh, I was always hanging around radio studios. And the studio I was kind of growing up in, so to speak, because my dad hosted a show there, um, was a massive room of vinyl records. So I kind of grew up with, you know, knowing vinyl records. My dad had a, had a record collection. And then when um, in 2008, I moved here with my wife to Canada, uh, we sold everything, brought four suitcases here and started from scratch, basically. And um, come 2013, 14, we were like, maybe we should, you know, get a turntable. Could be fun. 
And I found one on a secondhand store for five dollars because the lady at the counter didn't know what it was and didn't know how much it was worth. Um, so bought it with a box of records. And then for the longest time, that box of records, half of them sat beside my desk. And I was like, what am I going to do with these? And then switching over to my web designer uh, mindset, it was like, wait a minute. I always wanted to sell something online. Why don't I sell these? So um, right before that, I had a, uh, a mediocre experience with one of the big box retailers that uh, that sold vinyl records. And um, I was like, I, c- I can probably do this better. And uh, so my first Google search was Record Distributor Canada. Uh, the first one that popped up, I looked up the phone number, gave him a call, and the rep on the other end was very inviting. He was like, oh, you're running a business? Like, yeah, it's a web, web design business, but He's like, ah, don't worry about it. You have a business number. I can sign you up. I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay. All that's going through my head is like, well, this could be cool if I send or if I get maybe a handful of orders or a handful of records. If I sell a handful of records in a month, I'd be happy. You know, scratch my itch of the e-commerce thing, and I kind of can keep up with my e-commerce skills. The first order rolls in after eight days for four records, it's like, oh, that is already more than I anticipated. And the day after another order comes in, it's like, uh, am I onto something here? So my first order was a, a couple hundred dollars to fulfill the first few orders. And then it just snowballed from there. You're a web designer, you have a collection of vinyl, and you just on a whim thought, I bet I could sell these online. And it's easy to justify because you're like, well, I'm gaining valuable skills here related to my current career. Yep. And in doing so, you were lucky you were able to find a a distributor who was who was willing to be helpful cuz you know, they've got they have their own motive, right? They want you to be successful. They want to sell more records. Mm-hmm. Um and in doing that, what was that initial catalog like? <laughs> so, after I started the the web, the build of the website very basic it was shopify from the get go um and you know i grabbed a free theme from somewhere i don't even remember i think it was from the shopify theme store it's probably the default the theme it came with probably yeah and then um uh i was like i don't know what to add to these to like which which records do i add so that's where my sales rep came in handy. And he was like, okay, this this is a list of, let's say, the top 100 records that we are selling. So it's likely that you are going to be selling these too. Um, so I just started adding. And once I had that top 100 uh, added, I just started going through the catalog myself. And I was like, okay, I'm a Queen fan. I want Queen records on here. And then you hear a song on the radio. And it's like, oh, I wonder if they have vinyl. You search it up in the in the database and yep they do so add all of those records it was it was started on a whim and it was a pretty kind of surreal experience where it was like everybody everything just came together and without a plan (laughs) so you just jumped into it you know like what's what's the current issue i have some records to sell let's so the solution is start a store hey, I need more records, find a distributor, found one, started moving the records. Now, hey, we have to expand the catalog. So it was a mix of, 
what you were interested in, what was available and what was recommended to you. Yeah. And it's also because I live in a, in a rural community. So the, the closest record store to me is an hour away. Okay. And here I'm thinking, well, if I'm in that boat, Canada is pretty big. So I figured, well, if I have this problem, I'm sure other record collectors have the same issue. And with the, with the, like I said, mediocre experience that I had with a big box retailer um, and my research on, okay, how much competition would I have? At that time, there were maybe a handful of indie record stores that sold online. So I kind of put two and two together. It was like, I can probably do this. I can probably make this work. But I never thought that this would become my business, my actual business. And you've got yeah. All right. So your background was web design, mm-hmm. but the, the the theme that you're using it look appears to be just like Bone Standard Dawn, the default. You didn't go design crazy. No a thing I have to respect you for. Actually, this the the theme I'm using right now is a theme. It's a it's a premium theme, but it's very similar to uh, to Dawn. Yeah. It has a all right. So I I mistook it. It has a Dawn look. Yes, it does. But it it, it has a few features that. Dawn doesn't. So it, it, uh, yeah, this was actually the theme that I added in 2016. As a web designer, mm. you have an, a, an interesting background that like a lot of the people, the entrepreneurs I talked to don't. What made you go with Shopify eight years ago? In the past, I've set up e-commerce stores for, uh, for clients. And a lot of them were through um, an open source you know, the updates were very hacky. You had to download the package. You had to overwrite through FTP. And it was like a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Self-hosted. You're responsible for everything. Exactly. Yeah. And I just didn't want to take that responsibility. It didn't make sense for me to take all that responsibility. And that's that's also when, you know, I've been with Shopify for, well, since the inception, basically. So my clients always had the option. Do you want Shopify or do you want open source Open source would be cheaper, but the maintenance will be higher. Um, and of course, when you mention cheaper, people go for cheaper. Um, so Shopify was always an option. I've been a Shopify partner since, I want to say, 2012, whenever the partnership program came in. I was one of the early, not as early as you, but I, <laughs> I was one of the early partners. So Shopify was my own first choice Um when I started the store in 2015. And do you still do web design? Do you offer web design services? I do. It's more uh, pushing towards digital marketing. So I don't necessarily go uh, build and design from scratch, Uh, but it is like I can set up a store, I can set up a website, but it's not completely 100% from scratch. So I do WordPress. Um, I use Divi to... um, to create the uh, the the layouts of the of the websites, but I've I've transitioned more from the web design part to the marketing around. It, it's more like a whole big package than here's a website. Good luck with it. And then, so I would assume that your experience on both sides helps advance the other. Something works in Funky Moose, maybe this works for client work yep. and vice versa. Yep, exactly. So uh, part of my my digital marketing um, offering is I'm now a Shopify coach. Um, and it's exactly that. The things I learned through uh, Funky Moose, if something works, 
great. I make note of it. And I tell my clients, like, I tried this and it works. You might want to try this too. Of course, that doesn't go for every client because right. maybe it's very specific to what I'm trying to do. But um, yeah, and then the other way around too, where a client tries something and tells me about it. I'm like, oh, I should probably put that on my store. That's a good idea. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, and then, you know, when you're able to put it to work yourself and see how it works and have that personal experience, that's, that's very valuable. What types of marketing have worked best for Funky Moves? Um, so, of course, I started with no plan, no budget, no nothing. So everything had to uh, start organically. Luckily, the vinyl, uh, the vinyl community is very, very small. Um, a lot of people know each other. It's also pretty friendly. Even record stores don't see each other as competition much. Um, and and I'm I'm still an advocate for the local uh, record stores. Go support your local stores um, if you can. Like if you're in a city and you have a store around the corner, go check them out. Uh, so the the whole community building that's that's where it all started. Um, also started a, a Facebook group, uh, Canadian Record Collectors. But before that, I was I was just part of smaller groups here and there, and I was just mentioning like I'm I'm going to start an online store. Uh, here's my landing page. If you sign up for the uh, for the email newsletter, I'll let you know when we launch. And uh, that's that's how I got the first the first few sales, um, and then from there, uh, my SEO background came into play. Where uh, to this day. If you if you search online record store Canada, um, Funky Moose is if it's not the first one, it's the second or third. So it's um, uh, it's doing very well there, and it's. Uh, that's I just tried it. I searched online record store Canada, and sure enough, you're number two. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, and it's that's where most of the traffic comes from. That's where most sales come from to this day. Uh, and then the second one was you know when when the ads or when the uh, sales started rolling in. I had some money to spend. Like, okay, now we need to do some ads. So I started with Google Ads right out, right out of the bat. And um, the reason for that is that you know Facebook ads and Google ads are similar in price ish, but Google ads have more intent. If someone is looking for Vinyl Records Canada, they're looking for Vinyl Records. So I want those people on my site. And if I spend the same amount of money on uh, targeting record collectors on Facebook, well, they probably already have a bunch of records and they're just showing off what they already have. And and I found that Facebook ads, they do return uh, customers, but not as many as, um, as Google ads would do. Ready to double your revenue from Clavio Abandoned Flows without lifting a finger? Of course you are. And it's not magic. It's all about conversion tracking done right. It's a secret weapon for growth that many are yet to discover. Picture this, a user visits your site, signs up for a discount, adds items to the cart, and then they leave without buying. You're banking on your abandoned cart email bringing them back, right? But what if they're on iOS or Safari and their Klaviyo cookie expired? Your email may never reach them. And that's a missed opportunity. But that's where Elevar comes in. Elevar ensures these user sessions are stitched together so Klaviyo flows operate just as you'd expect. All thanks to Elevar's session enrichment and server-side tracking. The result? A 200% increase in emails sent to customers who would have otherwise slipped through the cracks. 
and an almost 100% increase in revenue. Don't let your potential customers become ghosts. With Elevar, start seeing these improvements from week one. It's time to take your conversion tracking to the next level. Start your free trial at getelevar.com today. Their plans start at $0 a month, and all plans include a 15-day free trial. Go to getelevar.com to get started. E-L-E-V-A-R, Elevar. So Google Shopping high intent, Facebook ads, we're preaching to the choir is yep. what it sounds like. Yep, that's that's kind of the idea I got uh, from from the ads I've I've ran. There are a lot of comments on Facebook ads that uh, why why are your records so expensive? I'm like, compared to what? And then they start comparing. He's like, oh, it's actually only a dollar more. Well, whatever then. But yeah, a lot of discussion going on on those ads, which is valuable because you're showing that you're actually involved. It's it's harder to measure because you know if somebody sees an ad and then reads through the comments, leaves it alone, comes back to comes back to the comment, maybe leaves a comment, uh, and then places an order, then that sale isn't attributed to that Facebook ad anymore. It's still valuable, um, and I do think. Facebook does convert still, but I'm spending less money on Facebook than I am on on Google right now. With Facebook ads, you said, hey, I'm going to keep spending that money because I'm seeing the engagement and because I, I think there are unattributed per- conversions happening. People yep. who bought because they had that conversation with you in the ad, but that did not actually get attributed as a conversion in Facebook. How are you deciding where to put your marketing dollars then? This might, might sound stupid because we measure everything as digital marketers, right? But uh, a lot of gut feeling. Uh, Thomas from uh, Store Hero. Thomas Gleason. I've had a chat with him and um, you can see that the ROAS on Google ads is higher than it is on Facebook ads. And I, I tried the whole organic thing on TikTok, but TikTok is not where my audience is. Uh, Instagram, the same thing. Yes, there there are people out there. There are record collectors on Instagram, but the majority of sales come through Google ads. So why wouldn't I spend more on Google ads to get more of those people converted into sales? I'd, I'd like I'd like your thoughts because, I mean, you do this too. I mean, that's the problem with when you get locked. That's the danger of getting locked into, like, we do everything data-driven. I hear that a lot. Oh, we make data-driven decisions. And whether or not that's true seems to be unrelated to what someone will tell you. But when you get trapped into that, oftentimes you end up overlooking, passing on otherwise good ideas because you just didn't have a way to quantify and measure it. And what I'm hearing from you is like, hey, sometimes it could be subjective. Sometimes it could be a hunch. And as long as you have that overall profit margin, you know, as long as the business is healthy, if that's how we want to spend our marketing budget, that's fine. Yep. You know, that's like when you start moving into those bigger, more holistic KPIs like marketing efficiency ratio um, or, you know, or using a tool like uh, Thomas's, like Store Hero, where we're figuring out what is contribution margin on each sale, on each product. Now, like we're, we could be much less obsessed with, we have to see the positive ROAS on this specific ad you know, where we're getting really granular. And it's, you know, it, de- it depends on the business and the approach. And here you're, you're just going at it a little differently. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm weird, but, <laughs> but it's, it's also the reason we're doing a lot in the community. So, um, for example, 
Joel and I, so we, we host a podcast uh, where we hang out with um, uh, musicians on a, on a weekly basis because that's our passion. That's cool. Yeah. So Joel and I started the podcast in 2020, right before the pandemic hit. Um, and we've been, we haven't missed a week since uh, we're 2023 and because we got it, we're getting a lot of local artists. We're starting to get a lot of name recognition uh, here in the province. And through that, there, there's a, a local musician. He's pretty popular. I don't know. Everybody look up the steadies and Earl Pereira. He's the, he's the, the lead singer there. We've had him on the show twice. And he mentioned uh, the second time, apparently in both episodes, we mentioned that we, you know, in the future, maybe wanted to organize a music festival. So Earl reached out to us after the second time we recorded with him. And he's like, so this music festival, when is that happening? And Joel and I were like, I, I don't know. We, I don't know. And he says, okay, August 7th, the steadies are available. Do you want to book us for a headliner? And we we're like, uh, maybe. So he called us on a Friday. So Joel and I put our heads together. Uh, over the weekend, we booked three other three other uh, artists, uh, booked the venue here in town, and called Earl back on Monday, saying that let's do this, and knowing full well that these bands needed to be paid, and um, if it went sideways and nobody showed up, I had to pay for pay for it. But you know, it's kind of one of those gambles that put our name on the map because now this is year three of moose fest um our annual music festival and we're already booking for 2024 so if you're talking about social proof this is our social proof we uh, we actually do something in the community because we got noticed as moose fest and funky moose records um we are now also hosting an open stage an open mic in uh, in the city uh, where we were invited like you can have the stage uh, it's it's been the longest running open stage in the city. Um, the previous host uh, got a new job or something. She had to she had to bow out, and uh, then we approached the owner of the of the venue, saying that could this be beneficial? And he's like, "Yep, it's all yours. You can advertise the hell out of whatever you're doing. Um, you know, cross pollinate the artists you get on stage here. You might be able to book for your music festival." Um, and the guys you have on your podcast, you might want to bring them in to, to come to the open stage. So it was like a, an organic, holistic type of thing. People say, oh, I community involvement, you know, build a community. That's that's helped us grow uh, our business. And I, I believe it because I've, I've done it too. I've seen it. You have taken that so much further, you know, because same deal. It's like, all right, you started day before the site has launched, day zero. Hey, I've got a newsletter you can sign up for this, you know, be informed because we're I'm setting up this thing. It's a record store. And you're involved in those local communities via Facebook groups. All right, got it. That's step one. Step two, then the store launches, you create a Facebook group, and you're you've got uh, SEO efforts, the traditional marketing, traditional digital marketing stuff going. You've got SEO efforts, you have Facebook ads, we have Google shopping. All right. Now we go, we add a podcast into the mix and you did the important part that everybody misses. You have never failed to publish an episode. That <laughs> yep. consistency is so critical. I am so proud of our show for having achieved that. 
And I know when I talk to the other successful podcast hosts, that is the trick. That is the magic that everybody's missing is you just have to keep doing it. Um, And inevitably you'll get better at it and you'll gain an audience. Next step. Now here's where things are getting really impressive. You're like, all right, we're going to host a concert. We're going to host a music festival. Moose Fest. Oh, all right, brilliant. And then that's how, all right, we got a open open mic we're going with as well. And you're like, you know what? The water's fine. Come on in. We're also going to actively support other local record shops. It's quite incredible. Like you have, it becomes immediately believable that you are a, a pillar in your local community around music and this one niche. And they all overlap. They all go together. And it seems like a ton of fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what Joel and I kept saying too. As soon as the fun gets sucked out of it, we pull the plug. And that's what I've been saying with the store uh, from day one too. Like if, if this becomes like a chore and I have a day where I, well, of course I have the days where I don't want to do it anymore. But, you know, if it becomes like, okay, am I considering keeping this going? If I start to consider that, I'm pulling the plug. Um, But so far, like everything we do, we're just doing it because we're having fun and it makes money every once in a while. So that's... (laughs) I had had tweeted recently. I said, I I just want to make cool stuff with my friends. And if I make money about it, I'm not mad. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It sounds like that's that's the approach here. That is just an incredible commitment to community involvement. Why is that strong community so vital for Funky Moose? Well, first of all, like I said, it's it's fun. When Joel and I do things, um, we often have a five-minute conversation. It's it's a lot of gut feeling and the community involvement. When we do the open stage, uh, it's always presented by Funky Moose Records. It's always presented by Moose Fest. Um, and that name recognition, uh, artists are coming, like I said, artists are coming to us now uh, asking, like, I want my album on vinyl. Can you help? Yes, we can. We, we, we have we have the connections. We can put you in touch with uh, pressing plants. Uh, we went through the process ourselves with uh, one of our friends who uh, who wanted their EP on vinyl. Uh, so we helped them through the process. So we went through the process. So we kind of know what we're, I mean, we know what we're talking about. We know what to expect. That's one of the reasons people are coming to us and Funky Moose Records is vinyl. So people are also buying because they see the name Funky Moose Records in the city. By keeping it local, then having this genuine involvement and investing in that local music scene really has been quite incredible for growing the brand, driving brand awareness and then growing the business and making sales. So hindsight being 2020. Let's imagine we're speaking to the folks who are really early in their journey, because this is the hardest part, I think. You know, not coming up with the idea, not building the store. It's just going from one to 100 orders. How do you think you secured your first 100 orders? So the first 10 to 25 was from that email list that I built. Um, It was the little bit of community involvement that I had in the Facebook groups where I, I started mentioning it. Like, okay, there's a new online record store. If you're in a remote community or you're not close to a record store, you don't want to go out, we have a solution. That that was step one. And then from you know 25 to 75 would be uh, the SEO efforts because from zero to 25, that's about the time it took for Google to pick up all the, the products that we had on the site. 
and in that time period also keep adding records to the website. So that's the SEO efforts. And then from 75 to 100 would would be the ads. Now, obviously, like you, you can't give away your SEO strategy, but high level, what are the steps? What are the pieces that go into that? It's like, are you is a lot of blog content, backlink building? Like what is the, what's the approach? So backlink building is one of those phrases that I'm like indifferent to. Yes, it's good to have backlinks from other sites, but I feel like you shouldn't be forcing those. Right, yeah, you get those like spam requests. Yeah, I mean- It turns into spam. If you write quality content, content other websites will link to yours. Um, so that's that's kind of what we started with, what I started with. I like writing. Um, that is a, that's a superpower. The folks who like writing and have a website, like immediately your life just got easier. Yeah, and, and with ChatGPT coming into play, it's, it, it's a game changer. I'm not saying tell, Jet, tell ChatGPT to create a blog post and copy paste, um, but it is a, a very helpful tool where you tell it to create a blog post and then you fact check everything because ChatGPT doesn't always get it right give it your own spin and then post it. So for the longest time in the past two years, I hired a blog writer uh, and she wrote one blog post per month. And uh, it was a minimum of a thousand words and that gained a lot of traction. So there was traffic to the site. They didn't convert necessarily directly into uh, sales, but because those people are on the site, now you can retarget them. Obviously, if someone on, is on the site reading a, an article about storage solutions for your vinyl records, they're collecting records. So uh, when you retarget them with a, with a either a Facebook or a Google ad, it's likely that they'll come back at some point in time. So yeah, that's 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 one of the, the strategies. And then also the product titles are crucial. This is actually something in the last year, we built an app that synchronizes all inventory from our supplier with our website, <clears throat> which means if our supplier has an album in stock, it'll appear on our website. Oh, it, I mean, just a delight to have a supplier that has that information available in a programmatic way. Yep. Well, it's, it's kind of hacky, but it works. They have a CSV file and they gave us permission to uh, log into an FTP uh, server with, and the only thing on there is their CSV file. Um, so then our developer pulls that CSV file to a Google Cloud, does gobbledygook with it, and then pushes it to uh, Shopify. So every time there is there are new releases, uh, every Friday we push those onto our site. And every three hours when an item goes out of stock at our supplier, it gets removed from our website. That is nice. Yeah. So you sync the inventory as well. Yes. So we went we went from about just under four thousand records, uh, new records on the site to over ten thousand, or after we built the app. And so now people who are googling that are going to see your ad, those shopping ads. They're going to land on that site yep. potentially because we've cast this this very wide net with stuff you know you could fulfill because that inventory gets updated so quickly. Oh, I love that approach. It's technical and it's so, it's very dependent on like, all right, who are you getting the stuff from? 
what resources do they have available? And certainly some industries are better with this than others. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if you're selling car parts in the last several years, they've really caught up, caught on to this versus, you know, if you're selling home goods, all right, you might have like one in 10 suppliers who can do this for you. But like, I'm sure clothing suppliers, a lot of these, these folks can do it. Anyone in electronics just naturally will, will have stuff like this. Um, but essentially it's like, they're like, Hey, here's a spreadsheet with everything that we know about our catalog updated regularly in one spot. You now it's on you to figure out what to do with that. You can make it, you can totally make it work. Hey, looking for a black Friday boost, download one click upsell and you can add 10 to 15% more revenue to your Shopify store practically overnight. One click upsell helps merchants automatically increase their average order value by offering upsells and cross sales on every purchase. In just a few clicks, you can add highly profitable upsell funnels to your entire store, including on your product pages, shopping cart, order confirmation pages, and now, for the first time ever, even on the shop app. One click upsell has generated over half a billion dollars for Shopify stores like yours. Black Friday, Christmas, Boxing Day, doesn't matter. You can make more money year-round with OCU, and especially during the busiest time of the year. Install it and launch your first upsell in just a few minutes to start generating 10 to 15% more revenue today. Go to Zipify.com slash Kurt and start your 30-day free trial. That's Z-I-P-I-F-Y dot com slash K-U-R-T. And to get an unadvertised gift, email help at Zipify.com and ask for the holiday bonus. We got very lucky with our supplier um, because this is also a, one of those stories that I, I want to tell other store owners. Don't rely on one supplier. I don't remember the, the year exactly, but I want to say 2018. I received an email. They were our sole supplier. They they were those were the guys I'm I'm getting the records from. I get an email from the CEO of the company, which who I never ever talked to, stating um, it's been a pleasure working with you, but as of today, we are shutting down operations and uh, oh no notice. Yeah, all all orders, all open orders will be canceled as of tonight. And I, I was I, at that time, I still had a, a full-time, almost full-time job. And I remember grabbing my phone and seeing this email and I had to do a double take. I'm like, it's not April 1st, is it? There, there was a little bit of panic going on because things were ramping up and things were going well. And luckily, um, because I'm always looking for a better deal, I also reached out to other suppliers in the past um, just to see if you know I could get a better price on records maybe their inventory is better maybe maybe i can get a better deal somewhere but the supplier i was with had the better deal but that's also probably why they went out of business in hindsight <laughs> um, oh yeah of course <laughs> yeah so i uh, i reached out to two other suppliers saying that you probably heard but your competitor went out of business today can we do something together um, both were very, very aware of the situation and they were like, we are stupid busy right now. We can't sign you up. I'm like, but oh, I no. need, I need records. So I just, I can't just pull the plug. So I, one of them, I was hounding I'm like, I need records. Fix this for me, please. And eventually they said, okay, okay. Uh, let me, I was already signed up. So let me, let me see if I can activate the online account for you. And then we should be able to go from there. But it was for them too. 
there were three suppliers in in the whole country. One of them shutting down is a third of all the suppliers. Though the other two saw a huge influx of of new uh, customers showing up. Yeah, they were oh, they were overwhelmed and blindsided as well, just in a different, less horrifying way. Yeah, yeah. And so I was very open with my customers uh, right from the get go. I sent an email out to everybody, like, "Look, this is a situation. I just got this email. I don't know what I'm going to do yet, but keep your order. We'll we'll make sure that this is going to work out. I'll I'll fulfill whatever I can." from inventory that we have or what I can get from another supplier. Um, if the price changes, I'll eat that difference. That's, it's not your fault. Uh, there were a few people that canceled because they were not too sure what was going on. Of course. I mean, yeah, you're going to lose that some, happens. but yeah, exactly. But most of them were very appreciative of, um, the, uh, uh, the openness about the whole situation. So, um, they kept their order. They had to wait a little longer, but eventually they got their order. And that's actually the supplier I'm with now. So that supplier uh, gave us the ability to log into an FTP and gave us a CSV file, et cetera. Yeah, ultimately, it uh, turned out to be a blessing in disguise, even if it was, it would have, there would have been sleepless nights, I'm sure, when that happened. Yeah. Um, and this is the thing I had a full time job at the time. So it wasn't, a complete panic it was a situation where it's like okay if i need to refund all of these orders i can make that work and if i have to shut down so be it um so sleepless nights maybe not because i had that job as a backup but that's not what i wanted to do the the job was means to an end so to speak you know right. um yeah no i think a and, lot of people can relate to that yeah and then the, the same situation was uh when covid hit yeah, everybody got the notification that uh, all businesses have to be shut down right now. And that's when things really started booming for us because all the brick and mortar stores had to shut down, which means record collectors are a, a rare breed, but they still want their records. And everybody was home, so everybody wanted more records. And the only real option next to the big box retailer was Funky Moose Records. So 2021 were very good years for us. And then of course after after the pandemic after the pandemic slowed down, all the brick and mortar stores opened up. So now we we see a little bit of a a slowdown in, in sales, but we kinda mitigate that with the um inventory synchronization coming to the end of our time together i want your advice for for newbies for people just starting out what what's the thing that you would advise someone hey do this to make sure your store stands out or do this to make sure you get that that early sales and success what i would do what i didn't do right the first time uh, and i learned from is that i didn't really have a good overview of the money that I was spending versus the money that was coming in. So I was breaking even and losing money for the first uh, two years. Um, and that was all due to the fact I had a full-time job. So I was really paying attention, but it was like, you know, now in hindsight, I could have done better. I spent too much on things that I shouldn't have spent money on in hindsight. Um, but yeah, watch your cash flow. 
because if your cash flow goes away, your business is going to be struggling. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and where where can we find more about you? Well, uh, the store itself is uh, funkymoosrecords.ca or .com, depending on where you are. Um, you can also check out funkymoosedigital.ca. That's my uh, digital marketing website. And uh, if you want to look me up on Instagram, it's mark.poppen. That's M-A-R-K dot P-O-P-P-E-N. Um, you can also find Funky Moose Audio. That's the incorporated name. Uh, Funky Moose Audio on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, wherever you go social. Very good. Well, th- thank you, uh, Mark, so much. I enjoyed this. And all right, what's what's on your turntable right now? Right now, uh, Queen. Yeah, I don't know which one. I see it's a Queen Queen album. <laughs> There's no wrong choice. No. With, with Queen. No, For exactly. For us... I believe my wife has had the the Barbie soundtrack, which there's two versions of it. She has the pink one. I don't know the difference. I'm, just, I'm told. And <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's been just like in, just going on loop for the last four weeks. Great. <laughs> she loves it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> After a while, I'm like, maybe listen to something else. Yeah, well, never mind. It's not my room. It's fine. All right, Mark, Mark Poppins, uh, Funky Moose Records. Thank you so much. Thanks, Kurt. The unofficial Shopify podcast is brought to you by Loop. Loop is a returns management platform that makes returns profitable and stress-free for you and your shoppers. Loop offers automated returns, exchanges, and store credit options to lower costs and increase revenue. Do you want to offer at-home pickup or boxless drop-offs? Need to lower return costs or increase repeat purchases? How about all of the above? That's what's possible with Loop. Loop delivers customized returns management solutions for Shopify merchants of all sizes, like studs, Princess Polly, Epoxy, to turn returns into returning customers. Find out why thousands of Shopify merchants choose Loop to manage their returns at loopreturns.com. That's loopreturns.com.